start to put tension on my string drawback, I was like, okay, I'm gonna it. It's him. You can look at the horns when he's dead. I'm, I'm in, you know, in the zone. Let the arrow go is perfect. Uh, when they lose their front shoulders, yeah, you start, yeah, that's how you know. You're listening to the White Cat Outdoors podcast, bringing you to the table where we talk about the outdoors. Yo, what's going on, everybody? You got White, Nick, and Tom all here for episode 76. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and uh, we we got a good one today because it's almost next season, but before we talk about that, Nick wants to uh, give a little shout-out, congratulations to one of our buddies. Yes, yeah, so uh, congratulations to Hunter Klobuchar. Um, he's been on the podcast a couple times. He was, I think, uh, episode four, and then I don't remember what other episode he was on. It was a little later. Um, but we did an episode with Hunter. Um, he is part owner in the company Fish Gods, and their mission is to clean up our waterways um, and help prevent litter and microplastics into the streams. Um, and he and his partner Tyler came up with a basically a trash can to like keep clip to you while you're fishing or mm-hmm. hiking, biking, anything. Um, it's super compact. Um, it's made of recycled materials, and it's just an easy way to quickly see garbage, pick it up, put it in your little garbage can that just clips to your vest. Um, and they f- are now selling that product at shipping. And just wanted to say congratulations to Hunter over at Fish Gods, and uh, good luck with the future endeavor with Fish Gods. For sure. And all you listeners, make sure you run over and buy one, because yeah. who doesn't love cleaning up the planet? Exactly. So... Yeah, other than that, I uh, guess we could just jump right into it. We are going, because it's so close this next season, we're going to jump right into a little like pre-season podcast, mm-hmm. kind of uh, maybe a little expectations for the year, um, goals, and I uh, actually had some a few questions from our buddy Dan LaFuria um, um, on actually how to avoid them. So Opposite kind of, of hunting. Yeah, though. so we're going to kind of sprinkle in how we're going to find them and also use that to show you how not to find them and stay away from them. So without further ado, I guess um, we'll just jump right in with our goals for the year. Cause I know we've already done like a safety. Yeah. Podcast, I think we so can if you skip want. that part. Yeah. So for me personally, um, I've got one, a really nice black phase mm-hmm. already um, in the books. So this year, primarily I'm after a yellow phase. I want a really nice uh, yellow phase rattlesnake. We um, haven't found like a big yellow phase yet. I no, think the, all the your dad's was probably the biggest. No, so I think have, Morgan's, Morgan's was yeah, like forty four, forty five. Yeah, which the limit's forty two. Um, mine alive, we got like forty eight and a half. So like stretched out, that one was over fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, which that was a big snake. Yeah, it was. But anyway, so for me, definitely a yellow phase. If I keep a black phase, it's going to have to be an absolute pig, like yeah. 55 plus live. It's a monster. Um, I don't think you're going to find it. Prob- I might. Never know. I got some time. Yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, 
um, but primarily yellow phase. Um, and I really would, if I have the time, which may may happen, um, I'd really like to put some time into finding a copperhead. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Jared really wants to find a copperhead this year. Yeah, find so. the birch trees. Yeah, the white perch. <laughs> white perch. <laughs> so um, that's, I guess, my – and there's, I guess, just to give everybody an idea, there's no way of, like, targeting a yellow or black phase. It's kind of – Whatever you find. about yeah. equal amounts we've found, mm-hmm. um, yellows and blacks. I just think the yellows are a prettier – snake just because you can see their pattern better yeah um, unless that one black phase jared i think his first snake yeah it was it, his first it almost one. looked fake it was yeah. just so deep black yeah um yeah that one was a really cool snake so if, if that out. one was like a full grown if that was a legal snake that would have been a sweet one to have because it was yeah. jet black and you could just barely see hints of gold and yeah. it was it was a cool looking snake so hoping we can land that um but other than that i just enjoy handling rattlesnakes it's mm-hmm. It's unlike any other outdoor activity I've yeah. been a part of, I guess. It's just a, a neat thing that not a whole lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I, I enjoy collecting that data for the state and reporting mm-hmm. how many snakes I handle, what size they were. Um, mm-hmm. Found a den last year. It was pretty neat. Yeah, that was really so, cool. Yeah, that's, I guess, it for me. I, I found a few snakes that were legal. I just haven't kept one yet. So... I guess I'm just looking for either a yellow or a black, but it's just got to be the right one. Cause Not a lot of rattles. Yeah, because yeah, both I, of the ones that I found, I found like a 44 and a f- one that was almost 46 that were both, you know, obviously legal. They were males, and one was a yellow, one was a black, but they both they had nothing for rattles. So I was like, I don't really. Yeah, that's a big thing, too. It's almost, I kind of look at that as like brow tines on a buck. Yeah. Like, it's not a requirement. Mm-hmm. But it sure does look nice. Yeah. Um, you don't want to not have it. Yeah. Um, I got lucky with my big one. It had, I think, eight rattles, which mm-hmm. that's, I would that's say, respectable. What, I would say that's right around. It's like a four inch brow tine. Yeah. I would say it's average to slightly above average, I guess, from what we're finding. I feel like six is the number we keep seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared's was up at 14, which is just. Yeah. And we found of, another one that was a small snake that I think had. 13 or something yeah, we found some that were, yeah exactly um i mean that's an old snake i mean they, it's mm-hmm. it takes quite a long time for them to get that many rattles and that's if they don't break any off yeah so mm-hmm. but yeah that, that's another i guess i forgot to mention that that's part of my well i get if i had one that was 55 live i don't know if i'd care as much about yeah the i think if it was that big i would i'd keep it if it had three rattles i wouldn't care at that point because that thing's huge and I, that would have to be you know like a freaking bigger than a pop can oh, mine was you're a pop 40 can. Yeah, yeah it was a big snake yeah i was like once we started rattlesnake hunting and catching some and like seeing them i i started laughing to myself because every time you talk to anyone that lives around where there's rattlesnakes every rattlesnake they see is a six footer yeah. every time you talk to some oh this thing was at least six, six feet yeah, yeah everything six feet and <laughs> they're not they're not that big and it like surprised me when we started because everything that I was me- like I was looking at them I'm like oh that looks pretty short and it ended up being a lot longer like than I thought or yeah it's like oh that's almost legal yeah and uh, then other people are like oh it's six feet all day long I'm like, I don't, like I really you realize don't the think... record is like seventy three inches yeah like which those, is those, six the one world record yeah <laughs> so odds well, I mean, are that everyone it. you see isn't that big but yeah you're right every time you see a rattlesnake it's gonna make you jump and you're probably gonna just, it was a monster. It was I huge. Mean, we've handled, 
I think over I think over the last two seasons over forty snakes, mm-hmm. um, probably closer to fifty. Yeah. Um, and I can tell you at this point, I feel pretty confident. Like when somebody pulls a snake out from under a rock or somewhere, I can almost tell instantly if it's legal. Yeah. Um, once you've seen enough snakes, it's almost like there's a certain amount of girth it's going to have, mm-hmm. or it needs to be like yeah. forty-two plus. Mm-hmm. Kind of like walleye fishing. Like after you've you put knack hundreds it, yeah. of walleye in the mm-hmm. cooler, you know as soon as you pull it out of the water if it's fifteen oh. inches. Or yeah. Not. Real exactly. quick side story. Went walleye fishing this morning, um, and same thing had a walleye come in i could feel on the rod it wasn't very big and i actually as it was bouncing across the top of the water bring it in and i told my grandpa i'm like i don't think this one's legal 14 and a half yeah he's like just shy yeah mm-hmm. yeah you definitely get an eye for things when you do it every Enough, yeah. yeah when every summer you do you go walleye fish and catch a hundred walleye and going and handling a bunch of snakes you get a feel for it pretty quick and as soon as you look at a snake it's like yeah that one's not even worth measuring yeah um, so Tommy, you're kind of just you. It was just me and Frank the first year. You got intrigued last year. No, year before. I didn't make it out last year. Oh, just the first trip me and Frank went yeah. on our own. Okay, so what I guess are your goals? Um, we got you handling a few snakes. Do you have any goals for what you want to keep this year? I'd like to catch a legal snake. I kind of want to eat one. I do. Goal of mine. Yeah, I'd really like oh, to eat one. What too. if we snake bites? For the white cap palooza. That would be wild. If I get one, because I don't plan on doing another um, full body mm-hmm. mount. I want to do it just the um, skin it. Skin it. Um, I'll keep mine for the palooza. That'd be dope. Do a little. I don't know how you cook a rattlesnake on the smoker. Well, we're gonna try it. If we get more than one, we're gonna try it more than one different way. I don't know how much meat you get off one either. I don't know. Depends on how big the snake is. Well, obviously, I think it's its knee. <laughs> Snake doesn't really have parts, <laughs> but yeah, I'd I'd just like to catch a keeper. I'm not going to be too picky. If you know, it's I, first snake, I get it. Mm-hmm. Was it 42 legal? 42, 42 male. And I think it has to have what 20 over 21 toaster strudels. Yes. Subcaudal scales. Sub yeah. yeah. So if, Tw- if it's if 21 or more. Yeah. A legal snake with a, just just a decent rattle. You know, not. In that five, Two six or three, range. yeah. If it's got four, five, six rattles, yeah. Coming home, yep. And I'd prefer a yellow phase, but if a black phase happens to be there first, he's well, getting, he's going down. Yep, he's getting put in the pillow bag. Good. It's I'm excited this year. Um, Me too. We we didn't really have a whole lot of time to get out we only at went all last like year. Three times last year. Yeah, we didn't have a whole lot of time. But I, part of that is it's a few hours. Um, yeah, we don't live there, right which, where we can rattlesnake. Um, huh? Which I guess is a good transition to get into like where to find them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to give you our secret location because mm. we have a good little spot that only a few know about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, I would say like if you start on the west side of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. St. Mary's is about like the line. I would say is mm-hmm. as far west as you're going to find them, and about as far north. Mm-hmm. Um, basically if you were to draw a line, um, like a 90 degree angle east and south of St. Mary's, basically that box you would make in like the Southeast corner of Pennsylvania, which is, it's a pretty large portion yeah. of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, that's where I would say you're safe to look for rattlesnakes mm-hmm. in mountainous ranges in that area. Yeah. Um, a, starting what they say, like above a thousand foot. 
I think like fifteen hundred is what is supposedly preferable for them. But but if that's... if you don't have fifteen hundred, then a thousand's gonna be. Yeah. You know, it's if they're in your area, you don't necessarily have to find the preferred Highest conditions. Point, yeah. It's whatever's available but to I, you. It's I guess what we've noticed is on like hills and I guess mountains is what you would call yeah. them. Um, the top third is mm-hmm. it seems to where you'll start finding snakes. Yeah. Um, Regardless of elevation. Yeah, exactly. Regardless of elevation, top third of the mountain is where you're going to find them because that's where they can get the most sun. Um, we've found our best luck to be around like 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. By the time noon hits, it's too damn hot and all the snakes go back under the rocks and dens and we just can't seem to find them. Yeah. Now we haven't, for whatever reason, we have not done an evening hunt for them no. to see if they come back out. And that's maybe something I'd like to try this year. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, we've kind of had gotten our fix by lunchtime. Yeah, um, and then we just kind of go yeah. have lunch and hang out and take a nap until dinner time, and then... Yeah, because it, it is... Um, it's you, exhausting. It's yeah, you put some miles on, and it's tough terrain going up and down the mountains, so... Yeah. I got a quick question. Yeah. So, obviously, you guys have done this more than I have. Mm-hmm. Have you found any correlation as to what side of the mountain is best as far as like northeast southwest facing side no we actually when we first started doing it we thought that the south side would be better because of sun exposure and that's what you hear with like most animals is that southern facing slopes are the ideal spot just because of sun but we have not noticed that we found more on any side of a mountain as opposed to another we've gone all around mountaintops and different times of days and i think that may have something to do with it like a south facing slope may produce snakes earlier yeah i I can't even say that we have that correlation either Mm -hmm. Um, the only correlation that we've like really noticed is that we start finding them when the dew lifts so i guess if you have a south facing slope like you just said you might find them a little bit earlier because the sun's hitting it and it's lifting the dew a little faster i don't think there's more snakes there no uh, just like you, uh, that's actually a good point um, that I don't think we've mentioned on here before. As soon as the dew lifts, it seems like mm-hmm. that's they when start, you start seeing snakes. Yeah. Um, I mean, we the one time Frank and I walked, not realizing that that was like a, a tip yet. Yeah, it was um, literally the first time we went we out. We just went out, started at like 7 a.m. We hiked a couple miles without seeing shit. And literally, as soon as that dew lifted, I think we caught two or three snakes within 200 yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just like bam, bam, bam. Yeah. So. And I it wasn't we, until, like, because every snake that we get, I mark on Onyx. I mark the time, what it was, how big it was, anything that we see and handle, I mark it. And it was after, like, our third trip, I was, like, looking at all of these waypoints and times. And I was, like, I, it, that's when like, we made the correlation that it's when the dew is lifting is when we start finding them. Well, they don't like to get wet, huh? Yeah. No. Um, we also we found a couple, like, rock faces and stuff that were deeper in the timber in those spots opened up later just because they mm-hmm. had the shade from the trees. Um, that one rocky area that you found, mm-hmm. um, we got in there around that nine, 10 AM and it took us an hour before we started seeing snakes. Yeah. So I think, I think I actually, I guarantee we walk over a lot of rattlesnakes that we don't know about Yeah. just because we're there too early. And then even too late as the day's finishing up. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Um, so I guess to hit on, um, real briefly like where we're looking and to help dan avoid them i don't know if you've got dogs or what 
um, why you're trying to avoid snakes or just because they're <laughs> some venomous. people just don't like yeah. messing with snakes. I, I respect that. Don't agree with it, but I respect it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, I would stay out of high weeds that you can't see your feet. Um, that's a definite. Um, if you're trying to avoid contact with snakes, make sure you can see your feet at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, s- trails are not. Um, safe basically we see a lot of snakes right on trails yeah and the, so like the gas well roadways and stuff yeah. that's where we find the majority of them is along those roadways roads and stuff. those dirt roads and hell we found one right on a highway yeah um big one actually the one your dad mm-hmm. kept yeah uh, so i the best thing to do i would say is stay in areas that you can see your feet and you can see a distance in front of you and just be aware of where you're at mm-hmm. um and elevation that's another big thing like um Stay away from high elevations at, mm-hmm. you know, 10, yeah. 11 o'clock. If you're going to go do it in the heat of the day, which isn't always ideal to go walking around in the heat of the day, but no. um, I if guess you're trying we, to avoid snakes, that would be the time to do it. Um, to help ease your mind a little bit, the timber rattlers are fairly docile when it comes to rattlesnakes. Yeah. Um, now, we've had a few aggressive ones that... Only, like two or three yeah, the though. one i kept was extremely aggressive i mm. almost he was just about to shed though wasn't he no, no he, he just, just ate. ate oh he just ate yeah he had like a, a squirrel sized lump in mm-hmm. him um and he was not happy yeah and even some of the ones that we found that were shedding and had their glazed eyes they're a little bit more aggressive and i would i shouldn't even say aggressive they're more weary they they they're shiftier they're just trying to figure out what's going on they're they not see as well yeah know? they're not like super willing to strike but they're just paying more attention i would say just because they can't see as well because they're about to shed but if they're not about to shed and they haven't eaten they're very laid back yeah from what i've noticed you almost would have to try to get bit yeah like you really got to push their buttons mm-hmm, yeah to get I mean, them to strike the first time frank and i were trying to get a video of one striking a camera and we're both surprised at how hard it was to get it to bite mm-hmm. just because, like, we figured it's a rattlesnake. Everyone's taught me that rattlesnakes are mean. They're aggressive. Yeah. And it turns out, like, timber rattlers are not as aggressive as I would have expected. Mm-hmm. They're still a wild animal and unpredictable, so don't ever put your hands yeah. in a position. Like, don't ever put yourself in a position where you're not aware of what's going on with that snake because he is wild and mm-hmm. can bite at any time. Yeah. Um, but if I think if you're wearing the proper protection on your legs, you're using um, snake tongs, you should be okay. Yeah. And even if you're just like walking, I would say if you aren't looking and like trying to find a snake, if you're just like walking at a normal pace, hiking through the woods, odds are that snake's going to let you walk right by and won't even rattle. Yeah. Because they, I, we've noticed that a snake for us anyway, they don't rattle until they're close enough to strike. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of like, it's what I've noticed anyway Yeah, is you'll be walking. If you hear a rattle, it's nine times out of 10. It's you can in reach range. it. They're yeah. In range to strike. Yeah. Um, which is, I think what, like a uh, one and a half times their length. No, half no, their half, length. Their length. half their length. Yeah. Um, at most is half their length, which is still, I mean, it's still a couple feet. Yeah. That's a good strike. Yeah, but like their first defense mechanism is their camouflage. So if you're if that walking, works, yeah, you don't stop. Yeah, they're probably they're, gonna let you walk right on by. Yeah, and you would never even know that it was there. Yeah. And then you know if you're right on top of them, they'll rattle. 
but their their very last thing is going to be to strike. You're going to have plenty of time to realize what's going on. I sh- shouldn't say you will because there's yeah. always that outlier that you never know what's going to happen, but no. for the most part, you're going to have ample time to know what's going on. Yeah. From what I've read and understood, uh, it takes a tremendous amount of energy for these rattlesnakes to create their venom. Mm-hmm. So they know when they see a human that they are way too big to actually even eat. Yeah. So they don't want to waste their venom on something that they can't eat. So they're not going to bite unless it's mm-hmm. like Frank said, a last resort. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times. Um, and even if they do bite, uh, what is it? 50% dry percent is mm-hmm. a dry bite. Yeah. You still need to get to a hospital. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't I, even if there's no venom, I, I would imagine it hurts like hell. Yeah, and they say actually it's the young ones that you got to be more even more careful about they because they don't know how to control. Yeah, how much venom. Uh, adult rattlesnake knows how much venom it needs to pump into something to mm-hmm. kill it or neutralize the threat, and the adolescent rattlesnakes they don't know that. So when they bite you, they dump all Everything. of their venom. Yeah, yeah. So they'll put way more than required. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's another, like for Dan, um, for locating them and stuff like you, if you're going on like a late morning hike that nine to 11, they're going to be sitting, um, it like on top of rocks somewhere where they're in sunlight. Yeah. Um, if you, if there's sun shining where you're walking, there's potential that there could be snakes. Um, once you hit high noon till about three, four o'clock, they're going to be tucked under shade, um, to stay cool. Um, they're, I mean, they're cold blooded animals. So they're trying to regulate their body temperature so mm-hmm. just keep that in mind while hiking at certain times of the day where they'll likely be so mm-hmm. but i would say i mean if you don't bother them they're likely not going to bother you yeah and you're i would say you're pretty safe yeah and even if you do bother them you're still pretty safe yeah we've handled quite a few um it's i, I enjoy it it's yeah I, I i've noticed it. once you get them in the tube they pretty much are cool with you handling them, mm-hmm. checking them out, um, and then yeah, they don't. It, most of them don't even just take off when you let them go. No, they pretty much just chill there. Like, oh, you're not a threat to me. You mm-hmm. let me go. This isn't so bad. Basically yeah, is what it. Usually like. they'll just rattle and kind of sit right where you let them go. They won't yeah. do anything. And a lot of time when you have them in your hand and in the tube, they don't even rattle or do anything. Mm-hmm. They just no. sit there. They don't care at that point. They know you're not hurting them, so they just kind of cool out. Yeah, even though, like, when I put that snake in my backpack, um, he hardly rattled at all in my mm-hmm. backpack. Now, when I would take him and set him on the ground, mm-hmm. he would rattle. But yeah. riding around in my backpack, he had no problem. Yeah. Which, you know, that probably sounds crazy to some people that <laughs> kept a live large, snake large on your back. Rattlesnake just in my back. Jared thought I was nuts. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I think he transported his outside his backpack when he kept his. Well, that, when he caught his... Uh, oh, that's right. We were right on the road. Yeah, we were like right on the road. So he just like threw it right in the bed of the truck and never yeah. had to put it in his backpack. Yeah, it was like on a... We were actually leaving. We, mm-hmm. were, we had already done our snake hunting We were, like just got done talking to some park rangers. How, who, that's another thing I noticed. The park rangers and the workers on the mountains that were on... A lot of them say, yeah, we don't really see snakes around here much. And yeah. we go up there and see a ton. Yeah. It it's, seems like they don't really, they're not like looking for the them. The first so. snake you and I found, the guy was like, oh, haven't seen one of those in years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I mean, how often are you looking? He's like, I watch every step I take. 
<laughs> yeah. And so we, were, me and Frank were like, damn it. Like, I guess this is just like a rare occurrence on this hill mm-hmm. that we're at. And then like a hundred yards up, I found one. And then Frank found another one, like another 50 yards up. So it was like, okay, yeah. so that guy doesn't watch every step. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like I said, we were going, if that guy, that guy was staying in a certain area, me and Frank stepped off the trail a little bit to some rock piles mm-hmm. and that's where they were. Yeah. So it's just about knowing where they like to be. Yeah. Um, I've also noticed we have repeat offenders, you know, snakes that we find in a certain area come back weeks later and there's another snake in that area. Yeah. Um, it might not be so, the same snake, yeah, but, but I guess the areas is if you are out trail hiking around your camp or something and see a snake, it's probably because that's a prime location for a snake to be. Mm-hmm. And if you really hate being around snakes, avoid that location or approach that area with caution because there's a good chance that the snake will be there again. Yeah. It's most animals are like that. You know, if you find a good spot for deer, there, turkey, if you see anything. big bucks in this spot every year, even if you kill the biggest one that's there this year, the next year another one's going to move in and another one's going to move in. And it's the same way with snakes. If this is a prime spot that you're finding snakes, you're going to continue to find them there. Yeah. So like you said, if you find them there once and you don't want to be near them, avoid that spot because they're going to yeah. be back. Or like I said, if, if it's your camp and you've got your favorite hiking trail or something and you notice there's a snake there, mm-hmm. just approach it with caution Yeah. Um, because there's a, a good chance that they're around – um, now I know, I think it said a uh, male snake during like mating season will travel up to five miles, mm-hmm. which I thought was insane for an animal with no yeah. legs. Yeah. <laughs> um, will travel five miles to mate. Mm-hmm. So finding a snake does not necessarily mean that there's a den around or anything. Yeah. Uh, if you find a large collection of snakes, there's probably a den very close by mm-hmm. and it's best to avoid it. Um, but it, a snake will travel five miles looking for a mate up to five miles. Yeah. So keep that in mind that it does just because you find one snake does not mean you're in a heavily populated area. He could just yeah. be traveling mm-hmm. looking for his snake lady. So you all right over there? Yeah, my bad. Um, it was like than, I, one of those hiccup burps. I was trying to hold it down. It was weird. Other than that, to wrap this up, I do want to talk briefly about obtaining a permit for it because that's one question I get all the time about how to get it and I've even had buddies that are interested in snake hunting that went to get it and couldn't and so I want to briefly to end this podcast I want to talk about um, how to get your snake permit Mm -hmm. just if you're interested if this has intrigued you to go out and hunt for snakes this is what you got to do first off you got to go anywhere that sells your hunting license or fishing licenses you have to have a valid fishing license or be buying a valid fishing license at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can buy it together. Yeah, you can buy it at the same time, but you need the fishing license. It's part of – it's like a stamp, basically. Yeah. Um, when you go through, there's like boxes to, ch- boxes to check under your fishing license, and one of them is a venomous snake permit. Now, because for whatever reason, we're in Erie, PA, um, like the northwest part of Pennsylvania – and we don't have rattlesnakes up here. So every shop I go to tends to tell me that they don't have snake permits, which mm-hmm. is not true. Yeah, if they, they have a fishing license, they have the snake yeah. permit. So they, basically, once you tell them, no, it's under fishing, they go scroll down a little bit. And they're like, oh, there it is. I didn't even know we sold that. And then mm-hmm. it goes, why would, in the world would you want that? Yeah, it's usually yeah. not a short conversation <laughs> when you're trying to buy a snake permit. Yeah, especially up by us that we just don't have rattlesnakes. And then when mm-hmm. you tell them that you're doing it in Pennsylvania— they get freaked out not realizing that there's 
rattlesnakes yeah. in Pennsylvania. We should just start telling them we have them all over the area. Like, yeah, yeah we hunt like five miles from here, catch yeah. them all the time. Most of them I find are right out in the parking lot here. <laughs> and even like the population is great enough to have a hunting season for them. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're protected, but they're trying to regulate the amount. Like yeah. They're trying to regulate the population. That's why you can only have one per year and it's got to be a certain size. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so you go there, you get your fishing license, you scroll down, there's a venomous snake permit. Your venomous snake permit um, goes for your copperhead, and then you get an additional tag for a timber rattlesnake, and that one is the one that gets recorded with. So it's basically have like, like your, an ear tag. Yeah, it's like an ear tag essentially. It's got your. It's got to be a male. It has to have 21 or more subcaudal scales. They want to know how many rattles and what color phase. Mm-hmm. Um, your permit, your venomous snake permit, is for a copperhead, and copperheads don't have any identifying factors for male or female. And because they're so aggressive, there's no size requirement. If you can handle one, you can legally keep it. Mm-hmm. But you can only keep one. Yeah, one. So they're considerably smaller than rattlesnakes. Yeah, a lot. Um, pencily, they're not super. Like rattlesnakes are short and fat in reference to like copperheads are kind of long and real skinny mm-hmm. and ag- apparently aggressive. I have not seen yeah, them yet. I've heard that. I've never handled um, one. And they don't have a rattle, so they don't let you know that you're too close. Mm-hmm. So, um, other than that, I hope that this inspired some people to go out snake hunting because I think it's an experience that anyone in Pennsylvania should take advantage of at least once. Just, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's you go. I feel like every state has something that's a little bit unique, and mm-hmm. I think snake hunting I think is a little bit unique for Pennsylvania. I mean, there's not. I mean, there's other states that do it, but. Um, you don't really hear about them hunting. There's no seasons for them. Yeah, most places um, like down south where there's site. timber or not timbers like diamondbacks. It's, it's if you kill one or see one, kill it. Like yeah. they don't give a shit um, about it. It's yeah. This is like a highly regulated um, season. Mm-hmm. They want to know uh, if you. Pr- this is another thing. If you purchase a license, you have to report back to the state at the end of the season how many snakes you handled. Even um, if it's zero. Even if it's zero, you have to turn in a form that it's part of the whole permit. Is it's because they're so regulated they want to know everything they can if you like so take it seriously if you're gonna snake hunt help conservation in pennsylvania yeah and they're they have forms that literally have a bunch of boxes that you can fill out i think they finally switched to online you can do it but the first Mm -hmm. couple years we did it you have to mail it yeah um and they would move to offices and it was like a a huge pain because i got a letter in the mail after i already too i got a letter in saying hey we didn't receive your info if you don't like you You can't get one next year and i called immediately and i was like hey i sent the form if you need me to send it again i will and they're like oh no like we switched offices so there's a lot of miscommunication Mm -hmm. that happened with me and dad because we're both Frank Myers. I'm the third. Yeah. He's the fourth. Or other yeah. way around. I'm the fourth. He's the third. And they had, they had they uh, had my information and his information under his name. Oh. So I got a letter, too, saying I didn't do it. And I called him. I was like, hey, I definitely sent this in. And they started looking at they, the girl, like, literally had a file with the mailed-in paper. She happened mm-hmm. to be in the office that got my paper and she's like oh yeah i have it right here it's they must have just put it all under the one name so gotcha. sometimes you will get a letter because yeah don't no, have well it. that's just to let you like it is when i say highly regulated it is highly highly regulated like, yeah they want to know not, everything it's not like um a select few people we had you know four guys and everybody was getting letters if they didn't have all their paperwork mm-hmm. done right so 
if you're going to snake hunt, do your part with conservation. Fill out the forms mm-hmm. and help keep the population at its yeah. max. So, And it helps them because they literally ask for, like, lats and lawns of the snakes that you found because they yeah. try to, like, locate dens off of it, off mm-hmm. of the information that you give them so they know because – a lot of times where you're doing it, there's a lot of gas wells and stuff like that, and they will literally divert gas wells and roads around, around dens. dens because of the information that you get, well, that they get from you when you catch these snakes. Yeah, so you're, you're really helping the population. Even if you, um, like our buddy John Royer, um, he hasn't kept a snake in a couple years, mm-hmm. um, but he still goes every year to handle them because he enjoys it um, mm-hmm. and is putting his part in for conservation and helping the population so just because you get a permit doesn't mean you have to keep one Mm -hmm. um you can just go out there and help Mm -hmm. handle snakes locate where they're at to help prevent Mm -hmm. um, roadways and gas wells being used and tearing up um dens and Mm -hmm. snake traffic if you will yeah Um, they'll even they have um like snake advocates on job sites where they'll shut production down if snakes are in the middle of the roadway and they can't cross like they we ran into a guy was it last year yeah last year that he that's literally what he was doing was just walking up and down the roads and he talked to us for a while just because we were snake hunting and his sole job working for the gas company was finding rattlesnakes finding dens and telling them where they can go yeah like if they find a den that's in the middle of where they're supposed to go they are going to go around it um, if snakes are on the middle of the pad, they will shut production down because mm-hmm. they do not want snakes unlawfully being killed. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's definitely a very cool thing to get into just on the conservation half of it because yeah. most things, like a lot of people don't take like whitetail report cards seriously. Like they just kind of, oh, I shot a doe or I shot a buck. Most people don't fill out the report card and mail it in. It's But yeah. with... The rattlesnakes, if you don't turn it in, they're getting a hold of you. Yeah, they come back to you. Yeah. It's not like if you buy a doe permit, you don't have to call and say, hey, I didn't get one or whatever. It's They're kind of yeah. lax on that. But with yeah. snakes, they don't play games. And it's another – snake season's another uh, – it's another season that kind of takes the edge off because all of us mm-hmm. prefer our whitetail hunting. Um, that's kind of our bread and butter. But s- turkey season, you know, it, you know, muzzleloader ended a couple months ago. You're starting to get that itch again. And then you get turkey hunting, and it's like, okay, that itch is scratched a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. you can chill out. And then, you know, a month later, you know, you start to get that itch again, snake opens up. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, all right, I can go out, you know, get out in the outdoors and uh, hunt for some snakes. And that lasts for a couple months. And get then, you just and, about. And, yeah, to, yeah. Next thing you know, it's August, and you're, you know, now it's, you're scouting, mm-hmm. you're setting stands, and you're like, it, it's like spaced perfectly to just take that edge off. Yeah. You're all, um, you're, as soon as you're hungry again, the next thing starts. So, but, uh, thanks again for listening. Um, hopefully we'll have some updates throughout the next couple of weeks on some big old snacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I encourage anyone that's not terrified of snakes or if you're terrified of snakes, use it to get over your fear, mm-hmm. um, to go out there and get a license. Just go, go with someone that knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. So get out there and hunt snakes. And if you're not going to hunt snakes, at least make sure you're getting outside. <laughs>